Yeah, a good word for you today. Today, we're talking about how to stir up your faith. Uh, have you ever been in those moments when, uh, when you felt, I, I guess, for lack of better terms, faithless? <laughs> you know, where, where, you know, let's say a, an attack has come on your home, or an attack has come on your mind, or an attack has come on your emotions, or your body, or, or your finances, or a situation has risen, and you're like, man, I really want to apply my faith. I really want to stir this up, but I don't know if I'm in faith. And and you can see where like, I, and I've been in this position uh, in the past where it almost feels like it snowballs because it's like, I know that I need to be in faith. The word says, if I doubt, I shouldn't expect to receive. And I don't feel like I'm in faith. And I know I need to put on this faith. And I know I need to operate and live by faith because the just live by faith. But I don't feel like I have that faith. How do I stir up my faith? Because I don't want to be in this snowball position where it's like, well, if I don't have faith and I don't receive, and now I'm not expecting to receive because I don't feel like I'm in faith. And well, let's just kind of throw all that aside. And today we're talking about how to stir up your faith. Um, how to stir up your faith. And the, the Bible says in Jude chapter 1, verse 20, and you can put this in the comments. Jude chapter 1, verse 20, and uh, it says this. I'm in 2 Corinthians 5. <laughs> That's not even close to Jude. No, Jude not. chapter 1, verse 20 says this. I just grabbed the wrong tab <laughs> in my Bible. It's nice having multiple tabs. But you just got to use the right one. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, we'll talk a little bit about praying in the Holy Spirit, but the big thing is this, and, uh, and you see this right here. Uh, we are commanded to build ourselves up in our faith. Yeah. He doesn't say, Now, beloved... If you feel like it, if the situation's favorable, he doesn't say, depending on where you're at. No, he just says, now, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up. And he doesn't just say, build yourself up in your faith, but he says, your most holy faith. Faith is a holy thing. And you can put that in the comments. Faith is a holy thing. What does holy mean? It means separate, set apart. And our faith is what separates us from the world. Right? Because the world walks by sight, but we walk by faith. And, uh, and so, if we want to live differently than the world, we don't operate by sight. We don't operate by how we feel. We don't operate by what we see. We don't operate by, by what the natural circumstance looks like. We operate by faith in, in God's Word. And so, faith is, is one of the distinguishing markers of a believer. That all of the world could be going to trash in a hand bucket. <coughs> That's not a term. I know, oh, I know what the real term is. I'm not yeah. going to say it. But, like, you know, the world's just going to, to, to bad. And, uh, and the marker of a believer is I'm unfazed by it. Because I know what God's word says. Now, that doesn't mean the enemy's not going to try to attack us and get us and try to grade our faith and degrade our hope and to get us discouraged in this thing or discouraged in that thing or worried and in fear about what's going on here or there, you know. Like the enemy is going to try to get us into those places. But we have a commandment from God to build ourselves up in the holy distinguishing factor that separates us from everybody else, our faith. Why? Because this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is that victory? Put it in the comments. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. 
Our faith is what overcomes the world. So don't you think that the enemy is going to try to keep us out of that place of oh, faith? Oh, sure. Yeah, he, absolutely. He definitely will try. Yeah, <laughs> he will try. Because he recognizes that the only thing that separates him, or the only thing that separates us from our victory and from our triumph. Wait, no, no. I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. The only thing that separates the believer from their victory is, is to, if the believer drops their faith. Yeah. See, our faith is what overcomes the world. So we need to make sure that we are overcoming the world through our faith, which goes back to this responsibility that all of us have to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Yeah. We, we got to do it. It's a commandment. We are commanded to build ourselves up in our faith. Not just when we don't feel like it, yeah. but, or not just when we feel like it, but when we don't feel like it. We need to always, always, always be building up our faith. Always, always, always be intentional on it. And this whole week of broadcast, we've kind of been talking about that, you know, throughout this week. We've been, we've been, uh, like pastors been given some great uh, teachings yeah. on on, you know, especially for those who just got saved, you know, what do you do? You enter into that fellowship flow. You know, it's important to be in that, in that place, to stir up that fellowship, to stir up that gift that God's been given to, that God's been giving us. You know, we, we were talking about, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but like, what, 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 the honeymoon, what, phase, the honeymoon phase, yeah, when that honeymoon phase is over, yeah. thank you, when that honeymoon phase is over and I'm not feeling it. Yeah. You know, like, what do I do? Uh, how do I, how do we stay consistent yeah. in our faith? You just do it, you know? Right. How do I build up my faith when I don't feel faithful? Mm-hmm. You build yourself up, you yeah. know? And we, we're going to give you some points today. And these are all points that, that we've, that, that pastors taught in yeah. the past and that pa- mm-hmm. pastors given us on how to encourage ourselves and how to, how to keep ourselves from dropping our faith or yeah. how to, Keep ourselves from, from, from falling. I mean, a, a good verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that tells us there's not a temptation that has overcome us that, or that has come to us that is not common to mankind. Yeah. And one of those temptations is the temptation to drop faith. You know, that, that's, that's a temptation that is common. That's a temptation that the enemy brings our way. But that passage goes on to say, but God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you're able. But when you are tempted, yeah. you, uh, when you are tempted, God will give you a way of escape. Yeah. He'll help you. He'll give you things that you need to, to avoid that temptation. So that yeah. temptation to drop faith whenever we know, no, I need to be carrying this faith. I know I need to be, be stirring up my faith. I know I need to be building myself up in this faith. Uh, that temptation uh, to drop the faith will be there, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm yeah. going to do what God told me to do anyway. And when I do that, I'm always going to be led to triumph. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Well, faith works by love. Yeah. And love is not a feeling. Mm-hmm. Love is a choice. Yeah. So I choose to abide in God and I choose to apply my faith when I don't feel it mm-hmm. because I don't feel like I love God. I, I don't only worship Him when I feel Him. I yeah. worship Him because He's God. I worship Him because He saved me. I worship yeah. Him because He's my sustainer and my source and my provider. So my faith works by that love, yeah. that choice. Mm. If I'm going to wait to feel it, it's most likely not going to happen. Yeah. I can't live by my feelings. I, mm. I cannot operate this Christian life just based on the way that I feel because yeah. that's only going to lead to destruction ultimately yeah. yeah if we just 
fly at the whim of our pants. I think that's how you say it. Seat of our the pants. Seat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The seat of our pants. Yeah. That's not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, put this in the comments. I'm a believer, not a feeler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'm a believer. Again, we walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. We walk by faith, not by sight. So I don't make decisions based on how I feel, you know? Mm. And if I do, then I'm not operating as a believer in that yeah. moment. I'm operating as a feeler. Which, yay, you know, that, that's not so fun to hear, but that's just the reality of, it doesn't mean I'm suddenly losing my salvation, but what it means is I'm not doing what I've been called and designed to do. Yeah. I'm a believer, not a feeler. Yeah. And, and you know, so, so you know, the, the steps that we're going to be given to you, you know, how to not get sunk, how to not lose faith, the things that we're going to give you today are very important. But for someone who's lived by their feelings, they're going to feel like they're going to feel like they're being a hypocrite. They're going to feel like they're being disingenuous. Well, this is just like like this has become like a little not a trigger word, but like Mm -hmm. this is going to be something. Well, this is just where I am. This is just this is just where I'm at right now. You know, like as a postscript of from from problems and feelings and emotions, you know, well, this is just where I'm at. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. You know, like, like, cause, uh, like there, I, I understand that when people say that they're trying to be real, they're trying to be genuine, but, but what's happening is you, you're allowing your feelings to become your position Yeah. instead of no, where I'm at and where I'm positioned is seated at the right hand of the father. Yeah. You know, I'm seated with him in heavenly places, mm-hmm. you know? So, so never let that, this is just where I'm where I am right now be like the postscript of of your emotions and your feelings that's not being that's actually less genuine you're not being disingenuous by not saying that you're being disingenuous by saying I'm a believer but identifying with your feelings you know no what what I need to do in those moments is and and this is something that the Lord's been speaking to me and, and I've shared this in the past but you know uh like how but how do we communicate in those moments you know like, you, you got your butt, you know, Pastor Nicole did a, a great teaching, like, or, uh, message yeah. on, on a Sunday morning several months ago about, you know, getting your butt out of the way. Yep. Um, this is something that the Lord's helped me, is, you know, you, fl- you flip your sit- situation at the butt. You, like, flip it at the butt. Put, in the, put that in the comments. Flip it at the butt. What does that mean? You'll hear people say, I know God's working all things together for my good, but I don't know how this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. All right? Is that a statement of faith? No. Flip it at the butt. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know that God works all things together for my good. Yeah. You see, just by changing that yeah. situ- that's flipping it at the butt, all of a sudden you can see that statement of faith. Like, like it doesn't mean we ignore and pretend like there's not something that we need to apply faith for, because that's yeah. not faith. Faith isn't just ignoring yeah. uh, what's going on. Yeah. Faith isn't just ignoring you know, the like, oh, I got a bill due this Friday. I'm just going to pretend like it's not there because I'm in faith. Like, that's not yeah. what you do. You you want to apply faith. Faith yeah. without action is dead. And just yeah. and ignoring it is not mm-hmm. an action. But what, like, because one of the three things that we're going to talk about is reaching out to your leaders. You do want to communicate these things. If you're going through something or if your emotions are trying to be a butt, you want to communicate those things. Yeah. Because we need to squash and kill that flesh pretty quickly. And one of the greatest ways that we do that is by reaching out and asking for help where there's a multitude of counsel, there's safety, you know. Mm -hmm. So we need to reach out for counsel, but there's a right way to do it, you know, um, 
and you got to do it in faith. So how do I put on that faith? And, and that doesn't mean that if you don't feel faithful, you don't reach out, you know, because that's what, well, I'm going to wait till I'm in faith before I reach out. No, no, like, don't then do that. What, are, what is the help yeah. for then? Yeah, the, the, you're reaching out so that you can have someone who can come yeah. together with you and help build up your faith. Um, but like, so like, how do I reach out if like, I'm just, it's felt like a rough day. Hey, you know, like there, there's been some opportunities today. My flesh is trying to be a butt right now, but I know that God's working all things together, yeah. you know, and you might not feel like saying any of this, you know, I just need someone to agree with me. And I, I just need someone to like, do, do you have any wisdom for me right now? Do you have any insight for me right now? And, and that'll, that'll help, you know, cause you're tapping into an anointing that'll completely uh, yeah. break those things off, mm-hmm. but you don't reach out by saying, Oh, today has been the worst day. Like today's it's just a bad day, and like it, like just complaining, complaining, yeah. complaining. That's not that's not faith, yeah. you know. Or now, humility. Or or humility, yeah. Uh, hey, like, it, yeah. Th- Grayson said, if you don't don't wait till you're in faith, reach out. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Like so, just reach out, and that person is anointed to help stir up your faith yeah. and to and to remind you. Like Paul needed Timothy to. Paul needed to remind Timothy to fan and deflame the gift that was already in him, right? Like, Paul didn't just say that because Timothy didn't need it. No, he said, Paul told Timothy, fan and deflame, stir up that gift that's been placed inside of you by the laying on of my hands. We need people who will remind us, stir it up. That's what this broadcast is. Hey, stir up the faith that you, the Bible tells us very clearly that each and every one of us has been given a measure of faith. The Bible also tells us that faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, which means you already have inside of you all the faith you need to break out of it. Yeah. God has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. I already have all the faith that I need to break out of my situation. I just need to stir it up. Yeah. I need to muster it up. I need to get it flowing. I, and, 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 and there, there might be opportunities where I haven't stirred it up and it's been like dormant and I might not feel it. Well, this is how we stir up yeah. our faith. This is how we do it. Uh, and what? This is <laughs> how song. we fight our the, battles? No. Or no. <laughs> A less holy song came in my mind. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking this is how I fight my That's battles. That's much better. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's stick with that one. Um, and so, and so, well, what are what are the keys? Did you have something to say before um, I jump into well, that? Just yeah. what was coming up to me is, <clears throat> like, if you get like a like a <clears throat> like a deep wound or something on your mm-hmm. arm, yeah, you're not just gonna like, and if it's bleeding, you're not just gonna be like, oh man, that's so crazy. Look at all that blood and dirt in there. Well, let's just keep on going with the day. Everything's fine. Like, you're going to do what you need to do. You're going to pour the alcohol in the cut. You're going to stop the stop it from bleeding. You're going to tend to that wound and, and, and um, give it what it needs. Sometimes the pressure, you're going to apply that pressure to make the, the bleeding stop. Sometimes you have to do the uncomfortable to make what was the root cause stop. To deal with that pain, to deal with that wound, you have to clean it out and get out what was causing that to become infected, you have to deal with these things. And sometimes it's not comfortable in the flesh to do it, mm-hmm. but it's necessary in yep. order to live out this faith and walk mm-hmm. this out. You have to do the uncomfortable and tend to those, yeah. those, those bleeding wounds, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And well, like just talking about emotions and feelings for a second, you know, like, like, uh, I remember seeing a reel and, um, and, uh, this, 
it was like a father with his son and the father was uh is a wakeboarding where like you have the the, yeah, the thing the on the back of the mm-hmm. yeah and, and so he's on it and his son is there is is on it he's like trying to get his son to stand on the wakeboard and the son's freaking out he's screaming he's terrified he's like ah like holding on for dear life and he's trying to get him to just stand on the board as they're they're going they're they're like rolling and he's trying to get him to to stand on it and uh and the son's screaming he's like wailing and all this stuff and that, but the second he puts his feet on and just grabs onto his dad's legs, they start rolling, and all of a sudden he just starts laughing and having like this grand old time, wow. like he's enjoying himself, and like they're just going, and you know they pull it, and the kid was so happy, you know. Yeah. But at the beginning of the video, he was terrified. Yeah. And uh, and I look at the comments, and you have people saying that kid's terrified. What kind of a parent would let their kid go through something that's tra- like a traumatizing experience like this, and all this different stuff? And you see, like, we're, we're now in a society yeah. that discourages discomfort, you know? Yep. But if the discomfort will break off a of fear and let a child know it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. like, like, I saw another video yesterday where, like, a kid had a grasshopper on his shirt. And the kid's, like, screaming. <laughs> I saw that. And, yeah. like, and, like, people commenting, like, like uh, saying, like, uh this person's child is being traumatized right now and they just pull out their phone to record it and stuff like that. No, what that kid needs to, like, because, like, this is what people will say. That, like, or, like, a kid is scared and, like, someone says, no, it's fine. Like, to them, that fear is real. No, to, to in reality, that fear is demonic and it's evil. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, there's a devil right there trying to get <laughs> that kid, like, terrified of a grasshopper. <laughs> But if, yeah. if we teach people how to yield to their fear and to their emotions, we're going to create an entire society that can't, that, that can't function without, without being terrified or anxious or worried or anything like that. We need, we need to learn how to push beyond our emotions and our feelings yeah. and, and, and put those in subjection and, and recognize it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, like, let, let's be real. You know, we're, we're talking about there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. We're talking about how to stir up your faith. Like, how do we expect to, to cast out demons and have the faith and the courage to stand up to a demon when we can't even stand up to a spider? You know what I mean? Like, Thank you. <laughs> well, like, like th- this is a reality, though. Yeah. You know, what's that spider going to do to you? Just step on it. You're you're uh, a thousand times bigger than it. But True. we but we get paralyzed over it, or mm-hmm. or a lizard, or a snake, or anything. Doesn't the Bible say we'll handle serpents? Yeah. You know, like like we we get immobilized and paralyzed over over you know li- literally spiders. And it was like, yeah. all right, like. <laughs> like these are things we need to break off. Yeah, you know these are things where we need to like like and and if you've in the past had had a fear of spiders or a fear of of things like for me it used to be dragonflies when I was a kid I was swimming in my pool and there was a dragonfly that started like dive bombing me in the face you know like it was it was traumatizing for me as a kid or you know like I was terrified and so wow. for most of my life I saw a dragonfly I didn't like I I would run away and then I got to a point where I'm like well. What can a dragonfly do to me? Yeah. Nothing. So I got to a point where as much as my flesh wanted to run away, like mm-hmm. I started chasing them and I started going after them, yeah. trying to catch them. Like basically like this is such a, 
irrational fear, I need to put it in a, into its place. Because if I want to be a man who says, like, I'm a man of faith, but I, but I cower to a dragonfly, like, yeah. am I, like, look, it, it, what I'm saying is, we recognize perfect love casts out fear. And a lot of times, we can have our little pet fears, you know? And it's, like, part of our personality, and it's cute. Oh, I'm afraid of clowns. Oh, I'm afraid of, of spiders. That's just who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not who you are. You got to break off all fear, at, yeah. at all fear. There's no fear in love. And if I'm operating in love... Which is faith in action because yeah. my faith is pleasing to God, you know, and, and there's no fear in faith. You know, the only thing I should fear is God. And that's just a reverential fear, you know, but I shouldn't allow any small fears into my life. And what I need to do, honestly, is confront that fear head on, yeah. break it down. That, that's, how, that's one way that I put down my flesh. That's one way. That's one of the areas that you've got to crucify the deeds of the flesh. Yeah. You know, is by these little, these smaller fears. Because remember what David said whenever like Goliath came came mm-hmm. around. You know, like yeah. what he said to the king. He was like, like, like the king was like, "Can you do this?" And he was like, "Sir, I've fought the lions. I fought mm-hmm. the bears. You know, I, I've I've tackled, I've tackled fear in those. And to him, those were the smaller situations. Yeah. You know, like can you imagine if he was like, sir." I'm afraid of spiders, but I can take on this giant. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. seriously? Yeah. You know what I mean? But we're like, I'm a giant killer, but uh, let, let, let's bring someone else in to, to kill this, this fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so we, th- these are things that we, that we need to, to break off, and we need to push past any and all fear. Yeah. Any and all fear. Put yeah. this in the comments. I, we must push past mm-hmm. any and all fear. Yeah. Perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. Ma- Matthew put it. Perfect love does not fear. It casts out fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we recognize, and pastor says this, learn to recognize the emotion of fear in every situation, including the spider. Well, what yeah. if it's poisonous? Then get a shoe and crush it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, don't, don't be afraid of that. Yeah. You know, again, you'll handle deadly serpents. And like, remember Paul, he got bit on the hand, the, the deadly serpent latched to his hand. He just shook it off into the fire. Yeah. And like, there's like a snake like this long and we know it's not poisonous, but we run away. You know what I mean? Let, yeah. Let's be like Paul. Let's mm-hmm. crucify those fears yeah. and, and, and crucify all fears. And, and if the Lord's bringing something up to you, Kill that sucker right now. You know, kill, like, like just determine between you and God, Father, I'm not going to yield to fear in this area anymore. Because we shouldn't allow a door to remain open to fear in any area of our lives. So, God, I'm closing that door. And the next time your flesh or your feelings wants to yield to that fear, put it in its place. You know, like where in the past you might have had your husband handle something or uh, or, or men, you might have just kind of like ignored something, right? Um, you know, in the past, you might have done that. No, take tackle it head on. No, yeah. I'm not going to yield to this fear anymore. I'm going to put it down. Yeah. I'm going to put it down, and I'm going to rise up in who I am. I'm going to stir up my faith and recognize God's much bigger than this. Yeah. You know, God's much bigger than this lizard. God's much bigger than this snake. God's much bigger than this spider. Honestly, I'm much bigger in the natural, but how much bigger am I with God on my side? You know what I mean? And so, is God afraid of this? No. Then should I be afraid of it? No. So let me put that in its place, 
and 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 like I feel like um, I feel like this is going to really help some people. Is putting these fears in, in in place with the small things will allow you to when yeah. the bigger things come to rise yeah. up in faith. God help me with this. God help me handle this. Now I can rise up in my most holy faith. I've stirred up that faith in the Lord. I ha- I've handled this. I've handled this. I've handled this. And God was with me throughout it all. Now I can certainly handle this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and that'll help you uh, rise up and be who God's called you to be. Again, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by feelings. We walk by faith, not by fear. Yeah. And so in any area where there's been a door open to fear, let's close that and, and walk by faith. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And not despising the day of small beginnings, mm-hmm. like in that consistency of choosing, yeah. okay, maybe this certain situation would rile up my flesh or my emotions to let me apply my faith in this small situation here Mm -hmm. and then you get a victory and then you can get the next victory and then you can get the next victory and then you're just kind of building up these victories where where one thing in the past might have been a huge challenge for you it's easy and light for you now and not despising those small beginnings not beating yourself up because you can't slay, slay you can't slay the goliath today because where you're at now, God needs you to, to slay that lion and that bear. Don't despise where you're at now. Like, allow the, the grace and the strength of God to flood your life. Apply your faith. No, I'm going to overcome this now. As I'm attaching my faith, as I'm applying my faith to overcome this now, I know in the name of Jesus I have the victory. I'm, I'm going to see it. It's happening now. And those small beginnings are not something to be despised. It's mm-hmm. something to walk out with joy because you know who's on your side. The greater one lives in you. Yeah, and there's nothing that we're going to face in life that God has not given us what we need to overcome. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and, and hear that. There's nothing that you'll face. That goes back to 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. You yeah. know, no matter what you face, if, it, if it's a mountain in front of you, you have all that you need to come against it, you yeah. know? You know, so like, like God didn't put Goliath in front of David, you know, earlier, you know, David was ready when he, when he faced Goliath, but, but, you know, he was still a teenage boy, you know, so, so if, if that situation, if there's any situation that's before you, that means that you, you with God have the ability to handle it, you know, and if that situation right now is the spider, then you and God together can handle it, you know, if that situation is like a like a one million dollar bill that needs paid, like you know, which can seem a lot bigger. If it's before you, you have everything that you need to handle it. Yeah. With God, and so God will get like God won't allow anything to come uh, in in front of you and and in your life that you cannot with Him overcome it. Yeah. That, that's what that verse says. He is faithful. He is faithful. He will give you a way of escape. He'll give you that way out. He'll give you that answer that'll cause you to overcome. Uh, this, this is something that Lester Summerall said. He said, uh, he said uh, the, the, if you operate in the arena of reason, the devil will whoop you every time. But if you operate in the arena of faith, you will overcome every single time. The devil has no weapon against faith. He has absolutely no weapon against faith. So all he will do is try to get you into that realm of reason. Because that's what caused him to fall, right? You, you read in uh, Ezekiel, 
when when the Lord speaking directly to to Satan, he says, "You corrupted your wisdom by reason." Yeah. So so if that's what corrupted him, he's going to utilize reason to corrupt people. Well, it it, it makes sense, you know. Uh, like yeah. obviously, like my my fear of this is justified because spiders can be poisonous. No, it doesn't. It, there's no justification to that. But in reason, there can be justification. Well, I'm just being wise. No, you're mm-hmm. being fearful. Yeah, you, you know, you can hear people even say like, "Oh, I'm just just be reasonable about this." Yeah, which is literally what mm-hmm. made Satan fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like you know, like well, I'm just being wise. Well, if your wisdom is rooted in fear, you're not being wise. Yeah. Because wisdom is rooted in love. Wisdom is rooted in God, and there's no fear in love. There's no yeah. fear in God. So if it's rooted in fear, it's not wisdom. Yeah. It's not, you're not being wise if you're operating by fear. And so that's why it's important for us to learn to recognize the emotion of fear, to learn to recognize that. Now, um, now you know, we're talking about how to stir up your faith. Especially in those moments when you don't feel it, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in those moments where if I don't put that that faith on, it co- could sink me. It, I could I could fall. I could trip up. I could I could fall over. How do what do we do in the in those moments when uh, when uh, when that fear is there or or that fear is trying to be there? How do we stir up our faith when we don't feel like we have faith? Well, let's tell you. And Pastor did a, a teaching on this, you know, uh, and what I'm going to give you, like none of this is, it, all, like all this is stuff that we've learned from Pastor. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but the three keys, and, and this is how Pastor phrased it, the three keys to not get sunk in life. Number one, and you can put these in the comments, three keys to not get sunk in life. Number one, learn how to take your thoughts captive. Learn how to take your thoughts captive. I'll give you all three and then we'll kind of like look into them a little bit. But number one, learn how to take your thoughts captive. Number two, reach out to your leaders quickly. And we kind of got into that a little bit, but uh, reach out to your leaders quickly. And number three, learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. So number one, learn how to take your thoughts captive. Number two, reach out to your leaders quickly. And number three, learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. So, so the first thing is learn how to take your thoughts captive. Like if, if we learn how to do that, man, like the rest of this can become so much easier, right? Yeah. Cause our thoughts can, can lead to our emotions. There's a spider. Oh my gosh. There's a spider. And, and not taking that captive imme- immediately will just cause the whole, our mental state and our emotional state to escalate. Uh, you know, and, and if you see a spider next and you scream, like, like, don't like get instantly get into condemnation or anything like that. Recognize it. Learn to recognize the emotion of fear. Put it in its place and handle it. Yeah. Right. Because like, and that's kind of what you were addressing a little bit earlier. Because like, yeah. what if the next time I see one, that that flesh reaction tries to come back? Well, oftentimes, you know, we've developed the habits of in our mind and in our thinking that the second I see it, it triggers a response. You know, we've developed those ha- habits just in the natural way of triggered a response. Well, all we have to do is develop a new response. And that takes yeah. time, but we develop that new response. But how do we do that? By learning to take our thoughts captive. So if, if I instantly get that response and that response rises up, I don't beat myself up because that will lead me down a, that another 
area where I need to take those thoughts captive too, that condemnation. Yeah. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But, uh, but if it's in that, those moments where I know, recognize my flesh is starting to rise up, I learn to take that captive instantly. And, and the more I develop the habit of taking those thoughts captive, the easier it's going to get. The easier it's going to get. At the beginning, it might seem like such a mountain. How am I ever going to be able to do this? How am I ever going to be able to learn this? You know? Um, well, like, we all have been given such a beautiful brain, and we've all been given such a beautiful fellowship with the Holy Ghost, where all of these things, no matter how massive they might seem, we can do it in Him. Yeah. So, so if, like, for me, uh, especially in the area of learning how to take my thoughts captive, I've developed the habit of just letting my brain go and letting my brain wander off and do all these different things and think and think and think and think. And, think. and, I, and I got to a point where I'm like, my, my strength is my, my ability to think, you know, which I didn't realize was actually my weakness at that point because, because I've never, I had never learned how to take my thoughts captive. And it got to a point where a pastor was saying, you, got, like, you should think, think about this. Like, well, how can I think about something that I haven't thought about? Like, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how can I be held responsible for not thinking about something that I didn't think about when I can't control my thoughts, you know? Uh, like, and I, I've trained myself and I've taught myself that, that, like, I can't, I haven't been able to control my thoughts. My thoughts just do what they do, you know? But what is that? I just haven't trained myself to take my thoughts captive. And it seemed like whenever he first started addressing, like, you got to take these thoughts captive. Like, it's like... How? Because like I'll I'll be sitting there like pastors preaching, and then all of a sudden I'll recognize for the last like five minutes my brain's been trailing and trailing. I'm like, but I didn't even choose to do that. It just did that itself, you know. And so it's like, well, how do how do I stop that? You know, like when I'm not making the conscious decision to trail, and um, you know, some people would call that ADD or ADHD or something like that. But really, what it is, it's a it's a it's it's something that I need to learn how to take those thoughts captive. I need to learn how to pay attention to the most important thing in the room. And um and it it can be a lot easier to just be like, "Oh, well I have this problem. There's really nothing I can do about it." That's so much easier than actually learning how to take your thoughts captive. Yeah. If I can if my brain is wired has been wired a certain way, I can rewire it. That's just basic neuroscience. Neuro yeah. it's called neuroplasticity. I can rewire my thinking. And like I knew that, but like but it takes time and it takes intentionality. It takes discipline and diligence. So now I, what, what I've been doing is the second I've recognized it, the second I've recognized it, I've taken that captive and, and worked on it. All right, I'm going to focus and I'm going to pay attention. But then my brain starts going again. But as soon as I recognize it, I, 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 I correct it, you know, and what's going to happen? I'm going to start recognizing it sooner. And over time, I'm going to recognize it sooner and sooner and sooner. But the bot, yeah, time and diligence. Mark, you put that in the comments. Yeah. Time and diligence. It takes time and it takes diligence. And it also takes just, Lord, help me. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll help me. Right. He'll help me. <clears throat> so, so this first part, learn to take your thoughts captive. Man, I'm not feeling like I'm in faith. Well, take that thought captive because we don't live by feelings. No, I have all that I need. I have the faith that I need. He's given to me a measure of faith. It just takes faith to move a mountain. So right now, I'm just going to stir up that faith. That's taking my thoughts captive. Yeah. Uh, see, and, and sometimes taking your thoughts captive is as simple as just speaking the word. Because, like, and I, I've, I think it was, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, mustache, black man, Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Uh, Bill Winston. Yeah. Um, 
he's like, I was listening to Bill Winston preach and, uh, and it was powerful. And he, and he gave this illustration. He was like, I want you to do something for me. He was like, I want you to start counting from one to 20 in your head. And he was like, go. And then, you know, I'm there counting. He says, now say your name out loud. I'm like, buddy. And he's like, and he's like, did you stop counting? Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't think and meditate on, on something, speak something different, and your brain still, still yeah. go in that direction. Now, you can stop your brain for a second and then keep counting. You know, yeah, I, like, cause, like, I've done that and someone, so, like, like, it's actually physically impossible. Yeah. Like, we think multitasking is a thing. It's impossible to multitask. Um, your brain is just shifting back and forth between two things. But the second you say your name out loud... You stopped thinking, like, I've done this, and like, so, did you stop counting? And they're like, no. You did. <laughs> you just said your name, and then you resumed counting. Yeah. But you stopped for a second to, to, to fulfill yeah. that and to go. So, if your brain's going off in a direction, what am I going to do? How is this going to work out? Stop yourself and begin speaking the word. This is what God's word says. No, I'm going to do this. No, God's word says he works all things together for my good. My, if my brain's gone, I just need to start speaking the word. That, that's the, one of the best ways to arrest those thoughts. Because yeah. the word commands us. Take every thought captive that tries to raise itself up against the obedience of Christ. So if the thought is disobedient to Christ, if the thought is anti-Christ, if the thought is against the word, then I, I shouldn't be meditating on it. I should be meditating on Oh, things yeah. worthy of praise, yeah. right? Which mm-hmm. is his word, right? Yeah. So, so the the number the the first key that we have to how to stir up our faith is we need to learn how to take thoughts captive. Yeah. We need to learn how to arrest any thought that is contrary to God's word. We need to take those thoughts captive, stop meditating on those things, and start mm-hmm. meditating and speaking the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One scripture that has really helped me in learning how to take my thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. is first john um and it's first john five this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that god is light mm-hmm. and in him there is no darkness at all mm-hmm. so if anytime there is a thought that's contrary to light that I know, oh, I don't have to think about that. Yeah. Because in God, He is light. There's there's no shadow in Him, no changing in Him. He mm-hmm. is the same, always will be. He is light, He is good, He is love. Yeah. So I don't have to think on anything that's not love. I don't yeah. have to think on anything that's not light. Like, it, I can purpose myself to have just like happy land in my mind. Like, yeah. it's, that's not far-fetched, that's not... That's not crazy to even think that. Like, that's mm-hmm. his will for me is to live yeah. just happy land in my mind, light all the time, no dark. Yeah. And that's not um, like far fetched. That's a reality for believers to live that life. Yeah. And it's a command. Yeah. Philippians 4 meditate on things worthy of praise, meditate on what's good and noble and praiseworthy. That's yeah. a command. We're, we're commanded to kind of have happy land in our <laughs> minds, you know? And like, me as a man, me as a man, I like, like my flesh is like like that just sounds so kind of girly. Yeah. Yeah. Girly and like you know, you know but like but the Bible like you look at God's commandment to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, be strong and courageous. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? Meditate on this word day and night. Yeah. You know, meditate on this word. Meditate on the good that's in the word. Meditate on what his word says, which yeah. his word says rejoice always. His word says which, what does rejoice mean? Be glad. Be happy. You know, mm-hmm. 
That's what rejoice literally means, is to be glad. <laughs> and so be happy so that, so if I'm meditating and I'm doing what his word says, my, my meditation should be happy. Yeah. And, I, and, and I train myself to meditate in a very depressing way. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, and that's why I was depressed for most of my I life. I understand. It's because I was just meditating on yeah. it. And it rewired my brain chemistry. I understand. And, and it rewired the way that I thought. And so I had to fix that. Yep. I had to change the way that I meditated. I had to change the way that I thought. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you got optimists and pessimists. And then, um, you know, and I was it, like, well, so like you have optimists who look on the bright side. Like, or... According to that word, Happy the light, right? They look <laughs> yeah. on the bright side. You got pessimists who look at the not bright side, right? There, there's usually something worth complaining about and stuff like that. And then, um, and then you have uh, realists, which is what I would classify myself as. Oh, I'm, I'm not a pessimist. I'm just a realist, right? Which, um, which I've now learned to identify that as a prideful pessimist. <laughs> you know, I'm not willing to admit that I'm a pessimist, but I just see things the way that they are. And I'll complain about it, but I'm I'm a realist. I'm not a pessimist. No, I'm just yeah. I'm just too prideful to admit that I'm a pessimist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm gonna call myself a realist. Like like that's something noble. Yeah. But uh, but and and you just see like these these deceptive lies and how they kind of work and how they op- operate. But what I had to do is I had to learn again how to take my thoughts captive because I've trained I trained myself to think in a certain way because I've yielded to the depressing thoughts. I yielded to the anxious thoughts. And the more I yield to depression, the more I yield to anxiety, the more that becomes a mountain and a stronghold in my life. And I I can get to the place where I I don't think I can overcome this, especially if I grow up in a world that's constantly telling me that that's just my disorder and there's nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? And uh, and now the world will tell us that even me bringing this up is is abuse. Like you know, you can't yeah. tell somebody that you know that's just who they are. And and the world tries to get us to identify with dysfunction. And and so when I br- when I make my dysfunction my identity, it becomes a stronghold, and, and I allow it to hold on to me. Again, if I make or if I make my fear part of my identity, it becomes a stronghold in my life. My that fear of of spiders, that fear of whatever. Like, we make those parts of our identity and it becomes a stronghold, you know? And and we need to break off those strongholds and we need to recognize that our Heavenly Father doesn't want us in fear. He doesn't want want us in depression or anxiety. He doesn't want us emotionally broken. He wants us to enjoy life. Yep. He wants us to enjoy life because He's good and He's faithful. But I was convinced that my God wanted me emotionally broken because I asked Him to, to heal me and He didn't. But I, but I kept meditating on all the crap. I kept meditating on all these things that aren't worthy of praise. And because of that, my mind became darkened. It became darkened in that cloud of that depression. And I had to learn. And I had to, And I, I'm still working on it now because it was such. It was like it was so heavy. Yeah. I, I'm still even working on, on this now that because because I've taught myself to default to those places, and I need to shift my default to a place of taking those thoughts captive. Yeah. Reaching out to my leaders and learning to encourage myself in the yeah. Lord. Because you'll never overcome depression by yielding to it. You'll never overcome anxiety by yielding to it. You overcome these things by yielding to the Spirit of God. Yeah. Re- uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Yeah. But I got to submit and I got to yield to what God told me to do, which is rejoice always. Not, 
not think, me- continue meditating on all these sad things or listen to all this sad music <laughs> or, or listen to all, all these things. No, I need to yield to the word of God. Rejoice. Yeah. Put up, meditate on things worthy of praise. Take those, those old thoughts captive and put on that new man and start walking in, in what God's called me to walk in. So take thoughts captive. <laughs> it's a commandment. Taking captive every thought. It's not an option. I, don't, I shouldn't have an option. Now, I do have a choice, but I should, I should make it as if I don't have a choice. Because if I'm meditating on my flesh, what's that going to lead me to? Death. Death. But if I meditate on the spirit, what's that going to lead me to? Life and peace. peace. So I, I, I do have a choice. Do I want life and peace or do I want death? But I need to set my mind on the, on the things of the spirit. Because that will lead me to life and peace. Yeah. Which might mean that I have to completely restructure the way that I think. Renewing your mind. Yeah. You know. So, so number one, learn to take your thoughts captive. Number two, uh, reach, uh, reach out to your leaders quickly. So if you're ever in a moment where you're like, I need to apply faith, but I don't know if I'm at that place. Reach out. Yeah. Reach out and reach out quickly. Don't like th- this is what I did wrong so many times is I was like, well, I'm going to first like I don't feel like I'm in that place. But first, I'm going to see if I can do this well myself. And then if it doesn't work out, then I'll reach out. And he- then here we are like a day, one day I- and like recognize a lot can happen in, in the course of 24 hours. Oh, right? yeah. Um, a lot can ha- the Bible like talks about don't let you know, the sun go down on your wrath. Basically, what that's saying is like, because people will be like, people will take that as don't go to sleep angry. But no, it's like, it says don't let the sun go down. Which means, like, that, that goes long before you even, like, that means instantly and quickly. Yeah. If you're angry and if there's any bit of wrath, you need to handle that quickly and, and deal with that quickly. So if I'm in this position, I need to reach out to my leaders quickly. If I'm, in, I shouldn't wait a day or two to see if I can handle it well on my own. No, the second it rises up, like, now I should, I should be at the, pl- like, I'm working to get to that place where I handle those things instantly and it's not a problem. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but if it, ta- if it, ta- if it's taking longer than like 15 minutes for me to just put that in this place instantly, I should reach out. Yeah. You know, I'm, and, and I should reach out quickly and I should, and I should say, Hey, this is trying to be there. And I'm, I'm working to put it down. I need, I need, like, do you have any wisdom? What, do, what should I do in this situation? Uh, I, I need help, you yeah. know, and what are you doing in that moment? You're tapping into a gift. Yep. Because if I ignore the gift, I'm not going to tap into that gift. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, that God has given us these gifts, the pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, yeah. so that we're not blown around in life, so that we're not driven by every doctrine and every wind and every situation. You know, one of the reasons why so many people are driven all over like ups and downs and lefts and rights and Emotional highs and emotional lows is, is because they haven't been consistent with, with connecting and reaching out to their leaders. And if I do that, that'll help me become consistent. That'll help me to stabilize. Because that's the, the, why those shepherds are there. Is if I'm an emotional low, reach out and they'll help me stabilize if I yield to what, what they tell yeah. me to do. There's a difference between reaching out and yielding. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, you can reach out and complain and like, this is just all bad. And they're like, okay. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, what are you, you going to do in that situation? Or you can reach out and say, I need help. Help me. All right, let's, let's, let's do this. And they'll help stabilize you, yeah. you know, like, and, and that's what they're there for. So that life isn't blown around. 
But we're not called to handle anything on our own. Yeah. We, we're called to operate as a body. There's nobody watching this broadcast today who's called to just do life on their own. What's, yeah. what's the job of a pastor? What does the word pastor mean? They're a shepherd. They're, what's a shepherd? An overseer. What's an overseer? They watch over your life. You know, their, their literal job and their literal responsibility is to oversee my life. And so, like, why do I think that it's okay for me to oversee my own life? And to put on, I'm my own pastor. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm going to make these major life decisions. I'm not going to really ask my pastor about it. I'm not going to really reach out to my pastor. I'm going to make these decisions myself. Because yeah. I can hear from the Spirit. I can hear from God myself, darn it. Like... Yeah. Like, that's literally what Aaron and, Mo, and Miriam were saying whenever God said, all right, Moses, Miriam, Aaron, come to me. Like, y'all get together, come to me. Because, like, I need to squash this right now. Like, because Moses and Aaron, and Aaron, Aaron and Miriam were saying, "Can't we can hear from God ourselves. Like, why do we have to submit to Moses? This is Miriam and Aaron. They're saying, we can hear from God ourselves. Like, who's Moses think he is? And God instantly had to squash that. Yeah. And Miriam became lepers because of, of that thought of, I don't need to reach out. Like, I'm a grown adult. Like, you, yeah. you hear that? You, like, this is how it comes out. I'm a grown adult and I don't need to reach out. And what happens? Those people often sink. They're often up and down and left and right, like, uh, like all over the place because, uh, because they just had that thought, I don't need to reach out. Like, I can hear from God myself. Like, yeah, you can. Like, yeah. that's true. Is that true? Yeah. But if, if you use that as a reason to not submit to a pastor, you're not hearing from God. Yeah. Oh, I can hear from God myself. Yes, you can. But that's not an excuse to not reach out. You know, that, that's the definition of someone who's not, re, who's not hearing from God. Because God's commanded us to submit to our leaders. Into those in authority over us. Again, yeah. where there's a multitude of counsel, there's safety. But like, oftentimes, people set, settle a decision in their mind, and then they go and just tell their pastor what they're doing. All right, this is what the Lord's telling me to do. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's not yielding and that's not submission. But I'm communicating with my leaders. You're not communicating with your leaders. Well, you're just communicating to them what you're doing, but you're not submitting to them. You know, and, and because of that, you're not submitting to God. So I can hear from God myself. Yeah, but you're not submitted to him. Oh, yeah, I am. Then, then submit that to your shepherd. Like if God's put you in that church, if God's put you underneath that shepherd, it's because that shepherd's gifted and anointed to give you that anointing to break you out and to stir up your faith so that you can rise up and break off any, any demonic thing that might be trying to hold on to you. It's important for us to reach out to our leaders. Yeah. And it's not weakness. No. It's not weak to need help. It's not weak to reach out. It's not yeah. like, because in the same vein of thinking, oh, well, I'm grown. Like, I can yeah. do what, whatever. I can make my own choices. It could also be on the side of like, well, I don't, I don't know what they're going to think about me. Like, yeah. oh, man, I've already asked them about this topic five times yesterday. I'm going to have to ask them again. It's yeah. okay. Like it, they're not, 
like leaders are literally gifted and anointed by God. And you even see in Exodus 18 where Jethro tells Moses, you're going to wear yourself out. Like you need to delegate some authority. So if you're planted here, like there, there is delegated authority and there's an anointing in that too. It's a spiritual thing. It's not something to be taken lightly. But in that, it's not weak to to ask for help. It's not weak to need that help. It's not weak. We were talking about um, Aaron and her before the broadcast. And Moses, what if Moses was trying to hold hold it up on his own strength? He wouldn't have been able to do it. He in the flesh, he was too weak to hold it up on his own. He needed people to come alongside him and hold up that rod. You're not weak because you're submitting to an authority. Even there's people in the ministry who are around the same age as pastors, yet they submit to them. Like that's so commendable and and honorable. Submission is not weakness. Just like Apostle Scott said when he was here, you're just coming under a mission. And that humility leads to grace and greater grace in your life. So if anything, that should make you want to run towards submission even harder than ever before. Give yourself to submission even more because that means grace and greater grace is coming into your life to squash that weakness that might have tried to even be there. Because all it is is an opportunity to grow. That's all it is. These, These seemingly small things they they can just be blown away just like that just mm-hmm. by sometimes one one message and, and from your leaders you'll be like oh my gosh wow that helps so much that mm-hmm. ties up so many questions I had yeah just like that yeah well there's absolutely no way for you to know what you don't know without submission <laughs> right yeah like <laughs> growth without change is impossible but how do I change I have to learn what I need to change. But how am I going to know what I need to change if I don't submit? Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of people go to churches just so that they can hear something that they agree with. But, but the second they hear something that they disagree with, like, they're like, oh, I don't agree with that. And then they never grow and they never change. You know, yeah. like, how am I ever going to know uh, that I need to fix an area of my life without submission? You know? yeah. Well, the Lord will tell me. Like, okay, well, maybe right now the Lord's telling you that that's not the way to go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you, you yeah. hear this? Like, but... Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause people will say like, God, I need an answer. I need an answer. Like, I, I don't know what to do in this situation. And God already gave them the answer on Sunday morning in the service, but they just weren't listening. Yeah. You know, like God, God speaks through, th- th- what, what is this? This is God's word. Uh, what of this word did God pin himself and not through a man? Every single Part of this word we have, God yeah. gave us through a man. It's fully inspired by God, but 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 God spoke to a man to inscribe it. Yeah. And this is how we have our word. Yep. So like already, like to, to have the idea that like I like I, I don't need man to or, or I don't need to submit to any man. You're already doing it. Yeah. In, 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 a, in a way, you know, just by reading and studying the word. Put this in the comments. I need help. <laughs> Just put that in the comments. I need help. It is a lie to believe that you don't need help. Yeah. <laughs> that is a demonic lie that it says, is, I don't though. need help. Like, it I can do though. this on my own. I can handle this on my own. You look at Elijah, right? One of the most mighty men of, of God that's ever walked the face of this earth. Right? He, he, um, he uh, stood 
uh, you know, on, on Mount Carmel, right? He, he called down fire from heaven, was mock, mimicking and mocking like all the prophets of Baal, you know, as they're doing their stuff. Fire from heaven comes down and, and uh, he gets the prophets of Baal slaughtered. Like, this is a mighty man, you know? Um, and then one person says, so just because you've had victories in the past doesn't mean that you don't need help anymore, right? It doesn't mean that, like, because, like, people will be like, well, I've had victories. I've heard from God, so, like, I'm good. I'm settled. Like, arrival mentality point. Like, that's not red right. Red flag. Yeah, that's a big red flag. Like, there's never going to be a point in my life when I don't need help. But, um, but Jezebel is like, all right, well, I'm going to kill you now. And Elijah, what does he do? He isolates himself from, from everybody. He runs away. And he enters into the most unproductive part of his ministry, right? He, he runs away. He's doing nothing now. Like, and God's like, why are you here? You know, like you, you hear like, and, and like, this is, a, this is a low part of his life. And like, and, and I'm not going to stand here. And, like, cause a lot of people, the, the part that they identify most with Elijah is this point, you know, sometimes you just need a, need a snack and a nap, <laughs> You know, and like they'll they'll point that out because yeah. you know he they gave him us the the angel gave him a meal and told him to take a nap and or they, I don't know if they told him to take a nap either way he took a nap you know and um and sometimes that's right you know sometimes the Lord will instruct that just take a snack and take a nap you know eat a snack take a nap you know like there there's times when that's right but that shouldn't be our general method of operation our general method of operation should be to do what the Lord tells us to do and the Lord never told Elijah to run away. Yeah. And uh, and God says, what are you doing here? And Moses says, I'm all alone. No one else is here. Like, it's just me. I alone am left. And God said, no, you're not alone. Like, like so he believed a lie that caused him to isolate himself and think, it's just me now. You know? And and he isolated himself. And, and in this whole season, he's not doing anything. And then one of the first instructions that God gives him after that is, now go yoke yourself and connect yourself with Elisha. Right? I, that's the one of the first instructions that he gave him. Stop being alone. There's a man right now that I want you to go connect yourself with. And he's going to help you. And you're going to help him. See, we're called, every joint supplies, we're all called to fulfill a part where, we're, where, where God's called us to be. Yeah. To fulfill, to, to lift up the hands of our leaders and for our leaders to help lift us up and, and for us to lift up our brother and our sister. We're all called in this beautiful harmony. Again, every right. joint supplies. So we, we all have this supply to bring to each other. So Elijah, Elijah, when he ran away, he didn't do anything. You know, he wasn't prophesying. He wasn't doing anything for the Lord. And God corrected him and told him, now I need you to connect yourself with people again because that's where the edification comes from. That's where the supply comes from. It comes from the body, not isolation. You'll never be supplied in isolation because every joint supplies. Put that in the comments. I'll never be supplied in isolation. Again, that's where the, the, that's why I had us put in the comments, I need help. Nobody is called to do life alone. Yeah. Like, if there was anybody who, who could have, it was Jesus. But he surrounded himself with 12 men to help him. Yeah. He surrounded himself with 12 men to help fulfill the calling that God had, had put on his life. If your calling's big enough for you, it's too small. Yeah. Like, if you alone can f- fulfill that calling, it's way too small. That's not a God-given calling. Because that's a small calling. Yeah. None of us are called to small things. We're called to, to do great things. Like Those who know their God will do exploits. But I need people 
to help me do exploits. Like, we're all called, we need help. And to think I can do this alone is wrong. Yeah. It's, it's a lie. Yep. It's a lie. And you were bringing this up earlier mm-hmm. that, that we need to draw on the supply of the people oh, around yeah. us. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean we share our problems with everybody. No. No, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but there are people who are faithful. There are people, like, like right now, Serena and I are believing for something, and there's a handful of people that, that know what we're, what we're, what's going on. But, like, we're believing for something, and, we, and we've reached out. Like, we're not trying to do this alone. We've reached up yeah. to our shepherds, and we've reached out to the people around us. Hey, just be believing for us with this. And, uh, and we know God's got it. And we, know yeah. that, and we know that the people that we've reached out to, we know that they'll pray, and we know that they'll be believing. Because God doesn't respond to a multitude of prayers. Right. He responds to faith. That's it's right. not the, the prayer offered in, in by more people that avails much. It's the prayer offered in faith. Faith. Right? So that's why, like, I don't just spit all my prayer requests on Facebook. Like, and, yeah. like, share this with, with, your, with your church. Share this with people. The more people praying, like, maybe God will hear us. Like, that's not how God operates. God yeah. doesn't respond to needs. He responds to faith. And that is just, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> like, God literally lives inside of me. Yeah. God lives in me. So yeah. I'm not wondering if he hears me. Yeah. He lives in me. Yeah. He knows, his word tells me, he knows my thoughts before I think them. Mm-hmm. So that is such a demonic, twisted lie to say, mm-hmm. oh, God will hear us maybe this time. Oh, yeah. he didn't hear my prayer. No. Yeah. Like he lives in you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Jesus prayed, God, I thank you that you hear me. And I thank you that you all always, <laughs> always hear me. Always hear yeah. me. And, like, and like I've heard Brother Tracy pray that way too. Like, like yeah. he lives in me. He lives in me. I have a relationship. My, my sin has been cast as far as the east is from the west. I have fellowship with my God. Yeah. So when the second I, I, I begin to speak to him, you know, because he's an ever-present help in time of need, he's always there. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. So when I pray, and I pray according to his word, and I pray in faith, the Bible says, when you ask, believe you have received, then it will be yours. So I, uh, you know, it says when you pray according to his will, we know that he hears us. Yeah. You know, and we know we have what we ask. So like, so that it's it's not unbiblical to say, God, I thank you that you hear me, and I thank you that you always hear me. Yep. That's actually biblical. I'm praying like Jesus prayed, and shouldn't we do, be like Jesus? So, right. So, uh, WWJD? But, but yeah, so, right? So, uh, well, it's more like, what did Jesus do? That's the better way true. to go. You know, not what would Jesus, because a lot of times, like with WWJD, mm-hmm. people just do, well, Jesus would do what I would do. Like, what would Jesus do? What I would do. Like, and they just kind of like, well, this is what yeah. Jesus would do. You saw that, like, in 2020. Like, this is what Jesus would do. Like, he would put on a mask. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> like, that's what people would say. And then, but then you would have people that would say, no, he would, he would not put on a mask. And he would, like, do this, you know. And so, like, it's, you see that that's very much open to interpretation. The best thing to do is what did he actually do in, in a situation like that. And what like is that. he saying to do? And what is he telling mm-hmm. you to do in this moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best thing. Like, what, what is he telling me to do? Because I don't have to wonder what Jesus would, would have me do. I have a relationship with him. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I have a fellowship with him. All I have to do is ask him, and he'll tell me what to do. I don't have to wander. Like, what would he do in this situation? I can literally just be like, God, what should I do in this situation? And he'll tell me. Right. <laughs> what a better system. Much better. Oh, I never thought of it that way. But like, <laughs> like isn't that silly? Like, we, we try to think, like, what would he do? Well, ask him. Yeah. <laughs> you have a relationship with him. You can't, or you can have a relationship with him. Yeah. Because most people haven't. Anyway, um, so uh, or reach out to your leaders quickly. Yep. Uh, learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. And, or, 
that was take your thoughts captive. Take your thoughts captive. Learn to reach out quickly yeah. and learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. And um and <laughs> like there's like nine points that Pastor gave me on how to encourage myself in the Lord. Because like honestly, I've asked him how. Like yeah. I've been at that point where it's like, hey, you know, I I know this is like what you're telling me to do. I know I'm supposed to encourage myself in the Lord, and this is this, this is what what He's given me. And um and uh, how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And I'm gonna just give these to you. And you can write them down if you're taking notes. Put them in the comments. Um, but this is how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And I'm not going to like spend 15 minutes on, on each of these points. I'm just going to go through them. And if one sticks out and there's something that needs to be said, we'll say it. Um, but uh, yeah. but like the, I, I'm telling you, this is an area where I've been like, how? Because like, in that moment, because like, you remember King David, like the situation with King David uh, before he was king. They, they were going to go out to war and uh, with the Philistines, not against the Philistines, with the Philistines. Yeah. And um, this is when they were still in, in exile, right? Or when Saul was trying to kill them. They, they were going to go to war with the Philistines. And the Philistines were like, hey, you're an Israelite. Probably not best for you to come to war with us, go home. And so they turned, uh, took their hike home. And when they got back to their tents, all their tents were burned up. Their families were gone and all their stuff was gone. All the men are like, let's stone David. And David in that moment, he could have pitied. He could have been like, I don't feel like it right now. No, he, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. And because he encouraged himself in the Lord, he was able to talk to God, hear from God. Because when I'm, when I'm in a world wrapped up in discouragement and pity, I'm not going to hear from God. Or I'm going to have a hard time hearing from God as long as I'm yielding to my emotions and my feelings. Because, like, have you ever been in those positions where it's, like, all static-brained, like, like yes. TV static? Like, what do I do? I need to yeah. learn how to encourage myself in the Lord, and these steps will help. Like, all these things that we're talking taking the thoughts captive and reaching out to your leaders quickly and, um, and uh, learning to encourage yourself in the Lord. These are the things that will guarantee. These are biblical principles that will help alleviate all that stuff, allow you to get in that position where you can hear from the Lord, where you can, you know, find rest in Him. Because if I'm weary and heavy laden, I'm not, it. I'm not in the position I need to be. I just need to come to Him and He'll give me that rest. And, um, and so I need to encourage myself in the Lord. I need to encourage myself in Jesus. I need to encourage myself in Him so that I can just relax. Yeah. You know, so there, and the, how do I encourage myself in the Lord? Thank you, Serena. She already put it in there and put the colon. She's ready. <laughs> Number one, trust God. Why am I in fear? Why am I freaking out in this moment? I don't trust that he's got it handled. I don't trust that he's got it handled. That's what fear is. It's a lack of faith that God's got it already handled. You know, that's where fear manifests. So trust God. Recognize. No, God, you've got this handled. You're bigger than this situation. I trust you. Number two, meditate on our position in Christ. Again, it's not, well, this is just where I'm at in this low stage and then in this emotional place. Recognize your position in Christ. I am seated with Him in heavenly places. And He's far above all the crap that I can face on this earth. So I'm positioned above the situation already. So just remember your position in Christ. So number one, trust God. Number two, meditate on our position in Christ. And if there's anything that you want to interject, definitely interject. Number three, take off the garment of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. So I'm not yielding to this heaviness. I'm going to put on praise. Yeah. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to dance and I'm going to praise my God. I don't feel like rejoicing, but I'm going to start rejoicing. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Ah, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. You've got this handled. Put, take off the heaviness. Put on the praise. Yeah. 
you know, that, 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 uh, that garment of heaviness, as I've often paired that with depression, because what depression isn't just, I'm sad, it's just a weight. It's this depressive, heavy weight. Take that off. Put on, how do you do that? Putting on praise. I'm going to yeah. dance even though I'm crying this whole time. Like, I praise you, Jesus. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, on Sunday mornings, like, there have been many Sunday mornings where, like, we're, we're doing breakthrough. And I'm like, and, like, the part that I'm identifying with is, though I can't see my way through, and I really don't know what to do. Like, like, yeah. like, like, I remember, like, the, like that line has got, caused me to be more emotional. Like, <laughs> Like, I don't know what to do. I look to you. But, the, and, but, but like, there's been many times, though, um, when I've yielded to the breakthrough part of the song. <laughs> See, like, you got to recognize, like, what part of these songs am I connecting with the most? Yeah. Like, like, cause like there can be a song yeah. that's entirely anointed and I'm attaching my soul to the bad part of the song, yeah. you know, like, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, I can't see my way through. Like, I shouldn't attach yeah. my soul to that part of the song. And like, I've been like, which is just interesting. I haven't really thought about that until no, yeah. this very moment, yeah. but I need to attach myself mm-hmm. to the breakthrough. Yep. Not just that. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. but, but what I need to do is I need to put on that garment of praise, not listen to, to slow worship music. I need to put on praise. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference. I need to dance. I need to rejoice. I need to yeah. make a joyful noise. What did David say in um, one of the Psalms? He, he said, he said, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Yep. Hope in God, for I will praise him. Right. What's he doing? He, he's, he's recognizing that his soul, his mind, his will, his emotions are in a low place. It's like, why are you downcast? Put, and, he, and he's commanding his feelings what to do. He's commanding his emotions what to do. Put your hope in God. I will praise him. And yeah. he's making a decision not to yield to his emotions, but to yield to God. I will rejoice and I will praise my father, my king, yeah. my God. Right. Why are you so downcast on my soul? Hope in God. Right. He's telling himself what to do. What is that? I'm putting off that heaviness. I'm putting on that downcast emotional feeling and I'm putting on praise. I'm going to hope him. I'm going to I'm going to put my hope in him. I'm going to praise him and I'm going to yeah. rejoice in my king, my father, my God, cuz he's got it handled mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. And but, he's worthy to be praised yeah. too. Like yeah. it, it we're he we're commanded to rejoice mm-hmm. and rejoicing and praising. Yeah. He's so worthy to be praised because yeah. he's already defeated everything that would need to be defeated. Yeah. We're not waiting on the victory. We're, we already have the victory. Yeah. In the soul, like, there can be such a temptation to like, well, I haven't seen it yet. So, yeah. oh God, <laughs> oh God, I haven't seen it yet. And mm-hmm. like, no, like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it's it will manifest. Yeah. My God has already defeated it. He went to the lowest of the lowest of the low that you can mm-hmm. possibly go. How low can you go? He played the ultimate limbo game and he <laughs> defeated it. Yeah. He, he complete, made a show of it openly. He defeated it for I'm eternity. I'm just picturing that the the show that he made of the devil openly was like he destroyed him in a limbo contest. <laughs> like that, I know. That's pro- that's not what happened, but yeah. But like, but, I, mean, <laughs> I just had that visual man. I'm like, mm-hmm. but if that's what yeah. you need to laugh, then yeah. laugh. Like, it, oh man, we just gotta stop taking ourselves so seriously. Yeah. You just gotta laugh and receive the joy of the Lord and receive the victory that He's already won. Number four. Put on joy. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Really, though, it's such a weapon. Like, mm-hmm. the moment that you you can't laugh, 
yeah. that should be a problem. Like a red flag. Like yeah. let that like wait, hold on, something's not right here. Yeah. Like even if yeah, it it sometimes feels very uncomfortable to just be like ha ha ha. Yeah. It's like this feels super weird. Do what you gotta yeah. do. Like watch some funny reels. Watch something funny. Like yeah. make yourself laugh. It's yeah. it's it's a strengthening in yeah. medicine. Yeah. You don't overcome things by taking them seriously. <laughs> you overcome them by yielding yeah. to the, the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And what's, what's, what's God doing right now in heaven about the attacks of the enemy? He's laughing, laughing, right? So I need to be like him. I need to put on that joy. So number five, take the wrong thoughts captive, which, you know, we kind of talked yeah. enough about that. So uh, take your thoughts captive. Uh, and then uh, number six, Cast your cares. We, we are not careful. We yeah. cast our cares on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for us. Yeah. So if there's a weight, if there's a care, if, if I've been carrying something, I just got to, God, I put it on you. I cast it on you and don't yeah. take it back. Just cast it on him. God, I cast this on you. Number seven, think on things worthy of praise. We've kind of talked about that too. You know, meditate on his word. Meditate on him. If it, Pastor says this all the time. If it doesn't cause me to lift my hands in praise, I shouldn't think on it. Um, so think on things worthy of praise. Number eight, purpose yourself to enter into rest. Hebrews 4 says, says it this way. It says, therefore, let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering into his rest, any one of you may fall short of it. Rest is a promise. You can put that in the comments. Rest is a promise. Yeah. Uh, and we need to purpose ourselves to enter into that place of rest. Because rest is the evidence of faith. So how do I stir up my faith? By getting to that place of rest. Again, we talked about like that static, like, I don't know what to do. We got to purpose ourselves. No, I'm going to put all that aside, cast my cares, and I'm going to enter into that place of rest. God's got it handled. I don't have to worry about this problem another second. God's got it. You know, rest is a promise. Purpose yourself to enter into his rest. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, right? Uh, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find Rest for your souls, your emotions. Why is it now cast on my soul? Open God. That'll lead you to that place of rest. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is just so hard. No, but <laughs> if I get to that place of rest, it stops being hard. Yeah. It's easy and light. And then uh, finally, uh, number nine, thank him ahead of time, which you kind of were already getting into that a little bit. Like, like no, I can thank him ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. I can thank him ahead of time. That's what faith is. Believe you have received so even if I don't feel it yet, yep. thank you, Lord, that I have it. Yep. Thank you, Lord, that I have the solution. Thank yep. you, Lord, that you are working it all out. Thank yep. you, Lord, I've got it now. You know, thank you, Lord. And, and that's how you uh, encourage yourself in the Lord. You, um, here, I just put it away. And just yeah. do it. Yeah, you just do it. <laughs> like, the, that, that's, you have to just do these things. You know, and just do it. You might not want to. Like, that's another probably thing. Probably like, won't. You pro- like, don't. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. In the flesh. Like, okay, like, there might be a time when, let's say, like, you just got, like, a $1,000 extra check in the mail. Like, whoo I'm encouraged in the Lord today. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, you have a bill that's too high than what you thought. Like, it, an ebb and a flow. Pastor kind of hit on that either yesterday's broadcast or the day before. Like, don't get upset because you're in a position that you thought you already overcome. You had already overcome. Like, your faith in God should not shift or change just because a situation changes or a circumstance changes. Yeah. Don't wait to feel it to believe that your God is good. 
God is good. He already is good. We live in a corrupted world, but those circumstances are subject to change. Those circumstances have to change because out of the word of my mouth and my father's mouth, that changes. That's a double-edged sword. I have a promise. I'm speaking it. It's changing. It's only a matter of time. And there's faith on that. Like, it's only a matter of time that this is changing. And I'm walking out this testimony. I'm going to tell everybody how good my God is because he overcame Mm-hmm. already it's that's already true. done that's that's right yeah. and 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 recognize this too um that all of this all, all the things that we're saying uh should be unaffected by time yeah you know because like oh yeah no i like i did really good you know but i still have it's been like a week and i still don't know what to do like who cares yeah. Keep doing this thing, Keep these things. It. You know, God, God's bringing you a solution. The Bible says in James chapter 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God and he'll give it to you. He will. Right? He'll give it to you. Um, so if I ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to me. But it's been like a month and I still don't know what to do. Who cares? Like, that doesn't nullify any of this. Because is, is this scriptural? Is it biblical? So if, it, but it's been two years. Who cares? Like, like a lot of times, like, Many people have allowed their faith to have a shelf life. We'll all believe, but it, but like once the once the bill deadline comes by and comes and goes, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess it didn't work. Like God, God is able. Pastor says this all the time, but God is is God not able to pay the bill and the the overdraft fee? Like right. He can do that. So like so, so even if our brain has set a deadline and the deadline's passed. Because it's all just like something that we've created in our heads anyway. Like, God's not limited to any of that stuff. God's not limited to time. God knows exactly what we need, when we need it. If we yield to Him and if we submit to Him, we'll always have what we need when we need it. Why? Because the Bible is very clear, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph. Yeah. But you're being led to triumph today. You're being led to triumph today. Put in the comments, I'm being led to triumph today. I just chugged a lot of water and... Now it's like <laughs> causing me to burp. But, but I'm being led to triumph Amen. today. Like I'm being yeah. led to triumph today and tomorrow and the next day. As long as I continue to just remain in that place of faith. Because the second I get into reason, I step out of faith and I, my triumph's not guaranteed anymore. But as long as I remain in that place of faith, stirring it up continuously. This isn't just a one-time thing. Yeah. Conter- continuously. Not just a once-a-day thing. Continuously. Yes. All throughout the day. I'm doing these things. I'm, I'm, I'm stirring up my faith. I'm keeping it alive. I'm keeping my fellowship with God alive. I'm remaining in that flow of fellowship that Pastor's been talking about this week. As I continue to do that, I'm always being led into triumph. Yeah. So if you're here today and you're watching and you're like, hey, I need my faith stirred up. Well, we just gave you three plus nine things <laughs> that can help you yeah. to do that. And as you do that, and we're going to pray for you and we're going to believe that God's going to stir you up. That God's going to even yeah. utilize this faith. Because we believe in the prayer of faith. And if you come into agreement with this prayer, I'm believing that it's going to be like the angel that came down and, and stirred the waters yeah. on the pool of Bethesda, right? I'm believing that, that, that as we begin to pray, something begins to stir up inside of you. And if the Lord's telling you to, to, to give a shout of joy, because honestly, some, some of the times that, that we stir that up is just... Praise, you know, and that just starts moving the stuff around. Like what, you know, what what happens when the tea kettle starts screaming? That's because the stuff's moving around inside, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and so, like, praise just starts, like, or the Lord starts prompting you to praise, or He starts prompting you to run, or He starts prompting you to, to rejoice, or He starts prompting you to quote scriptures. What's happening in that process? You're stirring up that faith, and it's mixing up, and it's stirring up, you know. It's not that, that, uh, that, that old, you know, bottle of, of, um, of tea where everything just settled to the bottom and all the sugar settled to the bottom and you like take a sip and it's just like Ew. gross like no you want to stir that up yeah. you know you want to stir that stuff up so so as we're praying that stuff's going to start stirring up because it's when it stirs up that it tastes good and when it's stirred up that's when it begins to work so so father right now in jesus name i just pray right now father over every single person watching this broadcast and listening to the sound of my voice Father, we call faith to be. God, every doubting spirit, every, every spirit of doubt that's tried to creep into people's minds, Father, right now, we, we submit to you first and foremost. God, we submit to you. God, we submit to your word. We rejoice. We put on gladness. We put on hope. And we command our emotions and our feelings to put hope in God. Doesn't matter what things look like, we choose to put our hope in God. We don't walk by our feelings, we walk by faith. So God, as we submit to you right now, we command all demonic lies, all heaviness, all doubt, all fear to go now in the name of Jesus. And we call the spirit and the life of God to come in and stir up the gift, the gifts that have been given to us by the laying on of hands, the gifts that have been given to us by faith in you, Father, the gifts that you've been placing inside of us right now in Jesus' name, by faith in that name, we stir up the gift, we stir up the faith, and we thank you, Lord, that long-standing faith projects yeah. are coming to pass quickly as we keep that faith stirred up. God, we stir it up. We choose by faith to rejoice and to be glad. We know you've had it handled, and we thank you, Lord, that by faith we have what we ask for. Yeah. We thank you, Lord, that you hear us. We yeah. thank you, Lord, that you always hear us. And we thank you, Lord, that when you hear us, we know we have what we ask. So we call it done in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 It's done. It's done. It's done. Yeah. So I would encourage you, if you haven't done this yet, write these things down. Take a note on your phone, you know, of those three steps and how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And if you ever find yourself discouraged, pull that up. Go through them. It's not like I just gave you like a list of, of things to do. You got to attach your faith to it. But, but go through those and, and, step, and step up and stir up that faith inside of you and reach out to your leaders. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything else before we go? Well, guys, thank you for joining us today. This has been awesome. This has been a blessed time in the Lord. Hallelujah. But this has been, this has been great. If this has helped you, put some hands up in the comments because uh, this has been a blessing to me too. Um, yeah. But we also want to let you know we sow this broadcast into you. Uh, we don't ask for anything, but if the Lord is, but sometimes the Lord will impress on people's hearts to yeah. sow into a specific word. And if the Lord's writing it on your heart, uh, to sow into today, you can go to giveww.org, and uh, there's multiple ways you can give. You can partner with this ministry. Our first partner letter is coming out very soon, and so uh, and so if you if if the Lord's leading you to partner with this ministry and you haven't done so yet, uh, you can go to giveww.org and partner uh, with this ministry, and uh, you'll you'll be able to receive our first ever partner letter. I'm excited for that. Um, but we're gonna pray over every seed sown today and call it blessed. So you want to pray? Bless. Just kidding. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord.
for your word. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for encouragement in the word, encouragement in who you are, encouragement in who you say that we are in you. Yeah. Father, thank you for every person that's sowing into this broadcast today. Lord, thank you that they are the head and not the tail. Thank you that they are above and not beneath. Thank you that as they sow into this word, their faith produces much. Yeah. They have what they're asking for as they abide in you. Yeah. Lord, thank you that today they see supernatural increase in every area of their life and every day going forward as they abide in you and as they serve you, seeking your kingdom first and your righteousness. All things are being added unto them in Jesus' name. 